reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1878 in the Pew Bible, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and verse 6. Hear the word of God. Keep on loving each other as brothers. And verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Has anybody ever heard the term hodgepodge before? You know what that means? If we look up the term hodgepodge in the dictionary, I bet there's a picture of Hebrews chapter 13. Because that's what it is. That's why I only picked a couple of verses. First, just to remind us to love one another. But then that verse 6. What can anyone do to me? What can anyone do to me? Oh, you can think of a lot of things. But fear can do nothing to me if I trust in God. So we've been talking about overcoming fear for the last three weeks. First, we talked from um, 2 Timothy, and we talked about faith, how we use faith to overcome fear. Then we talked about Psalm 35, verse 8, taste and see, experience God. And now today, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. And then we're kind of building upon this. The foundation is faith. The foundation is faith. The formation is is experience. And now the victory over fear is knowing what God has done and what he can do. So knowledge is the third part. Faith, experience, and knowledge. So what is it that we need to know about God? Well, I think I mentioned last week that more than any other topic or theme, if you will, in the Bible, God mentions, do not fear. He mentions that more than anything else, do not fear. He tells many people, do not fear. And if I say to you, in the midst of a terrible, terrifying situation, do not fear, what are you going to do? Probably going to fear. Why, though? Why? I believe that in part, it's, it's a part of all three of those things that we talked about, faith, experience, but really, more importantly, is knowing. When we know what God has done, we know what he will do, fear just kind of melts away. Now, faith, it pushes our fear out. Experience, that tells us that God is true to his word. But knowing what he's done, and what he will do, and what he's doing right now can make a world of difference for us. So a lot of us are reading the one-year plan of the Bible right now. And this past week, we I think it might have just been in the last day or two, we read about Abraham, who God said to him, you're going to have a son. And his wife, Sarah, laughed. She laughed at it. They were too old. They can't have a son. But God promised Abraham would have a son, and not through Hagar. Promised that Abraham and Sarah together would have a son. And it happened. 
it happened. And then God says to Abraham one day, he just calls out his name, Abraham. And Abraham says, here am I. He says, take your son, your only son, the son you love, and take him up to a mountain that I will show you, and there I want you to sacrifice him. Now, if God told you to take your child and sacrifice your child, what would you do? Would you do it? Would you fear? Or would you say, was that really God? (laughs) How many times have we said that? Was that really you, God? Well, Abraham knew that it was God. And Abraham in that moment could have feared. Wait, what are you talking about? But what did Abraham do? He fell back on the knowledge. I will give you a son. I will make you the father of many nations. And not just through Ishmael. Ishmael is going to have a lot of descendants too because he's your descendant. But I am giving you this entire land and a bunch of people through Isaac. That was a promise to Abraham. And then God's saying, go sacrifice him. So Abraham said, one and one does not equal three, so something doesn't add up here. Okay? So he says, okay, God promised me. I have no idea how he's going to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and go through with this. So this is an interesting thing. It's what I call a parallel in the Bible, um, but it also has other names. But anyway... If you read carefully, it just kind of breezes by you. But it says, Abraham took the wood and put it on Isaac. He made Isaac carry the wood that was going to be used for his own sacrifice. Ever heard of that before? Jesus carried his own cross that was going to be used for his sacrifice. So those little things are in the Bible all over the place. But anyway, so they go up to the mountain, Mount Moriah, and... Abraham is actually about to take a knife and kill his son. And the Lord speaks, the angel of the Lord, Jesus, speaks to him from heaven and says, don't do it. Now I know that you do trust me. Well, yes, you promised me a child, and now you're telling me to kill this child, and you promised that he would be the father of many nations, and now you want me to kill him. So you got something in mind. You're going to resurrect him? Where have we heard that one before? Well, anyway, Abraham used the knowledge that he had of what God had promised. When we use the knowledge of what God has promised us, we can overcome fear. So what has God promised us? He has promised us life will continue every day. Last night, it got dark. And about, I don't know, 6, 7 a.m. this morning, the sun came up again. That's amazing, isn't it? Oh, that happens every day, Phil. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's amazing. Every day continues. Every day in creation, we see God's handiwork. With the, now we know that the earth is rotating and, and so on, but it is the illusion of the sun going down in the west and coming up in the east. And that tells us every day that God has created both the sun and the moon and the stars and everything that we see, his promise of creation we see every day. He has also made promises in Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verse 8. 
the grass withers, the flower, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God lasts forever. Now, does that mean the Bible lasts forever? Yes. But does that also mean Jesus lasts forever? Yes, because we know that Jesus is the word who became flesh. So another promise. His kingdom lasts forever. There's nothing that can come against you. So we got that promise. There's another promise that we have in that he knows the plans for us. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yes, it was spoken to Jeremiah when they were going into Babylon. Yes, the Jewish people will tell us it's, all, it's only for them. You silly Christians, this was for us. The entire Bible is for us. So when God said, I know the plans I have for you, he was also speaking to us. So if God knows the plans he has for you, do we need to fear when we're in the midst of a terrible situation? We shouldn't, but we do. It's a human response. But where it becomes irrational is when we let it go beyond. We're human. In that moment, in that instant when you see something bad happen, or you know something bad has happened, or you see it coming, it can cause fear. But when you put your trust in God, that's when the fear is no longer irrational. But when you say, I trust me, well, when you trust in yourself, you're going to fail. But when you trust in God, you're not going to fail. The problem is that we do trust in ourselves a lot. And that's why fear continues. Because we know I can't overcome that giant hurricane coming right at us. I can't overcome the fact that my car just broke down in the middle of the night in a bad neighborhood. I can't overcome the fact that my bank account is nearing zero. I can't overcome the fact that my child is very sick. But God can. And even if he doesn't, we still trust him. That sounds so crazy, doesn't it? To trust God even if he's not going to give us exactly what we want? Yes, <laughs> because he doesn't always give us what we want, but he always gives us what we need. Always. I oftentimes will look out if I see a deer wandering in the, my neighborhood. First thing I think is, don't you dare eat my plants. <laughs> I tried to plant asparagus, or not asparagus, um, zucchini, the other end of the alphabet. I tried to plant zucchini. And Tanya and I went to the beach. They were growing great. We come back, and there's just stubs. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But anyway, when I'm, when I, sometimes when you look at the birds, or you look at the deer, or you look at other animals in the wild, they don't go to work every day. They don't make money. They don't make decisions for other people. They sometimes don't even sleep in the same place night after night. But they live. God takes care of them. You know the song, His Eye is on the Sparrow? He knows every single bird that has ever lived. Every elephant, every snake, every rhinoceros, every tiger, lion, bear, you name it, he knows them all. And he takes care of them. Why do you think he's not going to take care of us? 
we're greater than they are in his mind. He created us greater than the animals. He's, of course, going to take care of us. But in that situation, we turn inward and we say, how am I going to get out of this? If we were to turn to God and say, how are we going to get out of this? Because that's what God wants to hear. Not how are you going to get me out of this, God. How are we going to get out of this? He wants to work with you. He loves you enough that he wants to work with you to bring you out of these situations. Now, sometimes it may not be exactly what you want. It may end up pretty badly. But if you can still trust God in that, I guarantee you, your life is going to be greater. What do you mean? My bank account's now below zero. My car's broke down, and there's a hurricane coming. And you're saying everything's okay because that's what God wanted? Yeah, if you trust God, I promise you, your life is going to be greater than if you try to figure out all three of those things by yourself. I can't tell you how God's going to do it, but he will. If you have that knowledge, if you have that belief, and if you've experienced God in the past, then grow from that situation. Grow further. Go further and grow further with God because he does want you to overcome fear. He wouldn't say fear not if he wasn't going to bring you out of it. Joshua Chapter 8, verse 1. Guess what God says? Fear not, Joshua, for I have given them into your hand. He's about to go up against this huge army. There's no way Israel's going to win this in practical terms. But God says, fear not. And you might say, oh, Phil, come on, that was like thousands of years ago. How does that apply to today? Okay. Do you know... That in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hit, it was devastating, but it slowed down just before it hit. It was downgraded just before it hit. It still caused a lot of devastation, but it would have literally destroyed the state of Louisiana had God not swelled it down a little bit. Okay, we can argue, well, why did God let that destruction happen? I'm not getting into that because that turns political at a lot of times. But God slowed it down. I am telling you that when you trust God, it means you have to stop trusting yourself and stop looking inward to see what you can do. You give it to God. He will prove himself to you. But you have got to let go. You've got to let go. A couple weeks ago when we started this this series, I talked about the man was hanging by a branch, and he says, is there anybody up there? And God says, let go. And he says, is there anybody else up there? Let go. Now, I know it's easier said than done, because there's also the times where you don't want to put God to the test. And I know, we all say, was that really you, God? But when you continually ask him to prove himself, he will. Gideon in the book of Judges, went to God several times and said, okay, God, you're giving me 300 men. You want me to attack. Can you just do this for me so that I know? 
He wasn't putting God to the test. He was experiencing God. God, all three of those times, or four, whatever it was, went through with what Gideon asked and gave it to him so that he would know that God was leading him. It is okay to ask God for clarification. Can you tell me this? But don't do it so much that you're starting to look inside and you're starting to let doubt come in because then doubt will win. Faith gets pushed out. Fear conquers. The last thing I want you to know and remember is fear is a defeated foe. Oh, fear is strong. Fear is very strong in our lives, but it is defeated. We deal with so many defeated foes all the time. Now, if you say, you say if it's defeated, then why is it still around? Do you remember the Iraq War? Was it uh, early 2000s? There was a man standing on television from Iraq. The Americans are not here. We are safe. And there's an American tank rolling behind him. They were already a defeated foe. They didn't want to admit to it. Okay? Fear is already a defeated foe. But you'll never get fear to admit to that. You'll never get doubt to admit to that. You'll never get cancer to admit to that. You'll never get any unclean spirit to admit that they're already defeated. They don't want you to know that they are defeated. Because once you know, you have all power over them. Get out of here. Go away. I trust God. But the minute you let them in and you let them work and they start to take over your mind, they're defeated, but you're defeated even more. Trust God. Ask him, help me get these defeated foes out of my life. It won't happen overnight, but he will help. He will get them out for you. So in conclusion today, this isn't the last time we'll talk about fear. That's for sure. But this is going to be the conclusion of this particular series. Just remember, faith is the foundation. Experience is the formation and knowledge is the victory over fear. Put those three things together. Work with God in the next week or two, talking about these things, and see if you can't overcome fear in your lives. In conclusion, if you would like to come up to the altar to pray, Paul, the Apostle Paul, and, and Jesus as well, made it very clear that when you lay hands upon someone, that God works. I can't explain to you all the theological reasons why or what God does, but we know that God moves when someone lays hands, someone of faith lays hands on someone. If you want to come up, you've got fear in your life, you've got any other kind of problem, something that you haven't told anybody about, you want to come up and just leave it up here, I'll come by, I won't say anything to you, I'll just put my hands on you, say a short prayer, and you can stay as long as you want but you're welcome to come up. We can overcome fear because it's already defeated. So let's pray. Father, we pray this day that we'll take everything that we just learned from these last three weeks and that we can truly overcome fear in our lives. And then when it comes back, and we know it will, that we can defeat it again and push it out again 
And when we say we, Lord, we mean you and us working together. Because that's what you want, Lord, that, indiv- that individual relationship with you working in our lives that we can make a difference. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for making us what we are because we are nothing without you. And we can overcome because of your power and grace. So thank you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.